Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode two of the Apple Report. And this is a busy week because this is WWC, and this is the week when Apple shows every other company, hey, this is what you guys are going to need to copy in the next year or so. And episode two, quick sponsor note, is brought to you by Audible. For all your audio book, actually, I'm just kidding. We have no sponsors. I don't even know if we have any listeners. This podcast is brand new. So that might justify why the only person listening to it is me. Um, hopefully that will change in the future. Maybe we can double our listenership to maybe two and maybe double that to four. And then I don't want to get greedy, maybe increase it by 50%. And we're aiming for six listeners by the end of 2015. But let's just get down to it. Okay, okay. so one of the biggest stories from WWC is that Apple finally introduced Apple Music. Supposedly, the Spotify killer. And there's one interesting tidbit about Apple Music that I wanted to highlight, and it comes from Slash Gear. And they write, Apple Music will be at 256 kilobits per second. In comparison, Beats Music uses a 320 kilobits per second bitrate, as does Spotify, while Tidal offers a higher bitrate option. Um, you know what? And I think it goes back to something Steve Jobs said. It doesn't matter what you're listening to. It doesn't matter the quality of what you're listening to. What really matters is what device you're listening to it on. And I think most people would agree that listening to a lower quality audio file on an iPhone is much better than listening to a higher quality audio file on a device, you know, like an Android smartphone or something like that. Um, I think we can all agree on that, which is why I think the controversy will boil over pretty soon. But while we're speaking of controversy, let's go to another one. We're talking about the big dog, Phil Schiller, Apple's senior VP of marketing. And man, does this guy have a way with words. So he appeared recently during John Gruber's talk show podcast, which was a special event during WWC, though not perhaps officially Apple sanctioned, but we're going to cover it anyways. Going to go a little bit against the grain. And Gruber, to his credit, asked Asked Schiller, he asked Schiller, that's right, he asked Schiller the tough questions. He said, hey, Schildog, what's up? Why is Apple still releasing 16 gigabit, 16 gigabyte iPhones? A lot of people say, it's not enough storage. I have a lot of apps. I take a lot of photos. Um, I record a lot of video. You know, 16 gigs just doesn't cut it, especially when storage these days is so cheap. Shildog was prepared, though. He said, and I quote, the belief is more and more as we use iCloud services for documents and our photos and videos and music that perhaps the most price-conscious customers are able to live in an environment where they don't need gobs of local storage because these services are lightening the load. Oh, man. Well, it's not a surprise that the shill man, the shill dog, the shysta, the shystamista is a VP of marketing because this is some classic John J Draperidge going on right now. Because here's the thing, you get a 16 gigabyte iPhone, you don't get the full 16 gigabytes because you know what? Some of the storage is used for the operating system. And Apple keeps telling us to download photos uh, and apps. I guess they want us to take photos. We're going to have to double check on that. Uh, we'll get back to you. I'll update you in the next podcast. But yeah, I think they want you to take photos, download apps, not the, not the other way around. And 16 gigabytes, does that really cut it? when the base model for the iPhone has been 16 gigabytes going all the way back to the iPhone 4. I don't know. This is a tough pill to swallow from Shildog. And um, 
I know it remains to be seen what happens when Apple releases the next iPhone, presumably going to be called the iPhone 6S, come September. Um, yeah, I know Apple, I guess at this point, is arguably going after the money. They're saving money on the 16 gigs, and at the same time, they're coercing users to upgrade 100 bucks to get the 32 gig model. You know what Steve Jobs said, business is business. Family is family. No, that at no the last one that actually might have been um, the uncle who couldn't speak in Breaking Bad. Tio, no Tuco, no no it's Tio, Uncle Tio, yeah, uh, yeah. So he said the Familia line. Steve Jobs said business is business, and Apple's handling their business, and that's why they have over 178 billion dollars in the bank. So who are we to judge that? Okay, moving along. Uh-oh, here we go. It's, it's that time. Apple Maps getting transit directions for buses, trains. Is that it? Hell no. They're also getting subway directions up in this bitch. So, yeah, Apple Maps and iOS 9 is going to be off the chain. And, yeah, everyone's saying that Google Maps had transit directions first. Well, you know what? Those transit directions weren't always on the ball. And Apple has bought some transit-oriented companies over the past couple of years. They presumably know what they're doing. They presumably have the people in power who know transit directions. Um, I believe we have this as an inside scoop that one of the lead developers on uh, transit direction in Apple Maps is a guy who's, who goes by the name of Compass. Um, and again, I can't quote my source on this, but people say nobody even at Apple knows his name except for the upper echelon at Apple. You know, Tim Cook, Johnny Ive, everyone on his team only knows him as Compass. Uh, so that's, you know, that's pretty interesting. And that gives me a lot of confidence that Apple Maps is actually going to be a lot better than Google Maps. Because as far as we know, everyone on the Google Maps team, you know their name. You know their first name, you know their last name. They don't have any cool nicknames. No one's called GPS. No one's called Compass. No one calls Atlas. You know, that's an Apple thing. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. Okay, what else do we have? Oh, another thing. We have the iPhone 6S. This is coming from Apple Insider. It says the iPhone 6S could improve selfies with 1080p front-facing camera and flash. Now, news of this comes from a developer who was looking under the hood of uh, iOS 9, and he found some strings, you know, which purport to reference these features. And everyone's saying that Apple has turned from innovator to an imitator. Well... What do, you, what do you have to say to a 1080p front-facing camera, my friends? I mean, the future is here. Apple's leading the way. Uh, Steve Jobs is smiling down upon us from heaven. Maybe even he's recording us in slow-mo with his iPhone 6S. Maybe he got an advanced copy. I'm just kidding. Apple doesn't give out advanced copies. But you know what I'm getting at with this. And that sort of, uh, you know, these aren't all of the big features that Apple introduced at WWC. This is just the tip of the iceberg, but hey, you know, the Titanic, it hit the iceberg and it sunk. We're not trying to sink. It's only episode two, so we're going to keep it fresh. We're going to keep it rolling, and most importantly, we're going to keep it short. Shout out again to our sponsor, Audible. Just kidding. We have no sponsors. This has been episode two of the Apple Report. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't, tell an enemy. I'm out. <laughs>